You're listening to the Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. Today, if you haven't heard, is Freedom Sunday. Churches all over the United States and the world are participating in this Sunday where we're talking about uh, freedom. Freedom Sunday starting. It starts today. Today's the day that most churches are doing it. It's usually the last Sunday in September, and this is wildly important to us. Uh, I have a very simple outline for us today, a couple videos, and a lot of conversation. Essentially, the questions I'm asking is, what is Freedom Sunday? Uh, Why do we observe it? Why is it important to us? And, And what can we do with the information that we're about ready to receive? And so that first one is, what is Freedom Sunday? Freedom Sunday is about modern-day slavery, which is a topic that we don't often talk about. Oftentimes, we don't think about it. It's something that's really not at the forefront of, of media or, or conversations, the, the zeitgeist, but it is a huge issue going on in our world and in, in our communities. There is an estimated UN report of around 40-plus million slaves in the world today, more than any other time in history, more than all the other times in history. Um, and though we don't always see it, this, this modern-day slavery, it is present in almost every aspect of our daily lives, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, here's a quick video primer about what modern-day slavery is. Let me get that video going, and uh, we'll watch it together. What is modern-day slavery? slaves than there are Canadians. In fact, there are more slaves today than any other time in history. Each year, over 9 million new people enter slavery. That's 25,000 new victims every day, 1,000 per hour, one new slave every four seconds. To put this into perspective, between 1450 and the year 1900, a 450-year period, 11.3 million slaves were taken from Africa to North and South America and Europe, which is only a portion of the number of victims enslaved today. Indeed, slavery is present in all parts of the world. The highest concentration of slaves, an estimated 66% or 30 million people, are in Asia. And over half of all modern slaves are thought to be in five countries. India, China, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Uzbekistan. 58% where many of the world's products are manufactured. Victims of slavery can be found in factories, construction sites, on fishing vessels and sex venues, being forced to work for little or no pay, deprived of their freedom and often subjected to unimaginable suffering. While most people think that modern slavery is primarily women and girls being forced into prostitution, this represents only about a quarter of total cases. The remaining 75% are in what is termed forced labor, the vast majority of which are associated with manufacturing supply chains for products we as consumers use every day. It might be a young boy forced onto a fishing boat to work 18 hours a day for years. Or a sweatshop worker who tolls 17 hours a day making jeans without a day off or any pay. Unwittingly, we are wearing clothes eating food, and using cosmetics that may well be tainted by this exploitation. Hidden from view, 
Modern slavery represents one of the biggest human rights violations of our time. Businesses have a duty to look deep into their supply chains and ensure they are not facilitators of this injustice. The business sector is critical to freeing millions from slavery and preventing any more men, women, and children being enslaved. Sorry for our technical difficulties, but if you didn't see what was going on in that video we talked about, there's more slaves now than ever. And it's all over our, the stuff we buy, the stuff we consume, the products that we participate in, the businesses that we enjoy. So much is going on in our world today uh, that has to do with modern day slaves uh, and what's happening in our world. And so we, um, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what is modern day slavery, what is Freedom Sunday all about and why it's important to our community. Uh, as you heard, it's about forced labor and it's about sex trafficking, uh, essentially using human beings to force them to do things uh, that they're not getting paid for, otherwise don't want to do, sometimes kidnapped. Um, it's horrific stuff going on. Just to bring it a little closer to home, because sometimes I think we think the problem is over there, mm -hmm. right? The problem is somewhere else. But it is very much in our own backyards. Like I said, let alone in our own homes, but it's very much in our own backyards. Here's a Chico man, Chico, California, sentenced this year, uh, July. He was just sentenced on August 29th, like a few weeks ago, uh, to 14 years in prison for trafficking a minor and distributing uh, meth to them as well. 17-year-old Marysville woman arrested for trafficking a minor victim. That was also this year, July 7th, mm -hmm. 2020. Um, and then the big one this year was that uh, it was a multi-county operation called Operation Broken Dreams, um, where, where police officers from uh, the North State had stopped a trafficking ring that was going on through massage parlors, uh, one of which was here in our own community of Orville. Um, there was a couple that was enslaving women to work. They, they couldn't leave the building. They had to live and work in this massage parlor doing uh, things of a sexual nature and, and just forced, forced here, taken, they're not being paid, um, taken advantage of, uh, taking their documents so they couldn't run away. And uh, that was broken up back in March by our, our sheriff's office. There was one this last week, too, uh, in Yuba County in Yuba that was County broken was, up. Yeah. Um, that was like 14 or 15 people arrested. Yeah. So that's in our own backyard. That's crazy. This thing is happening in our own community. This isn't an over there problem. As I said, it's in, in our communities. It's on our farms. It's in our hotels. My question for the panel. Uh, what do you remember about first becoming aware of this issue? Because I know we, we know we're all wearing the shirts. Um, and what drove it home to you as, a, as an important issue? Whoever wants to go first, jump right in. Okay, I don't know if it was the first time. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the first time, but it definitely was the time where it drove home for me. Uh, and that was a couple years ago when we had Kevin Austin come, and he did a um, yeah he did an information session about the work that he's doing uh, in um, Set Free. And for me, the driving home point um, at that time, we were in the midst of uh, getting certified to become foster parents. And the statistic that he said, and it's left my mind now, but it was such, it was significant uh, that children, specifically children that are in broken homes and foster homes are at such an increased risk um, because they're vulnerable to be um, caught up in some of these sex uh, trafficking yeah. rings. And so that, for me, was a driving home point uh, and definitely fueled my desire to continue to do what we're doing. Absolutely. 
I, I, I can't remember the stat, but it's a huge percentage of kids, of adults working in, being trafficked in our, in our world come from the foster community. Mm-hmm. Who else wants to answer? Hey, Aaron's with us today. Hi, everybody. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> no, is this, yeah. is it working? Okay. Um, yeah, excited to be here on Freedom Sunday. Um, what I remember most, oh, let's see, becoming aware, it was in uh, 2010 when Kevin Austin actually came and spoke to, um, Kevin Austin is a, is a leader in the Free Methodist Church. He kind of leads up uh, the Set Free movement, kind of, he does. Um, but he came to our sister church, Foothill Community Church. Can I add? Oh. So he, I'm going to bring it up later, but he's a missionary. His job is a missionary, but his sole purpose is working on ending modern day slavery. So not a missionary in the traditional sense, yeah. but a missionary in the sense of uh, working around the world to bring light to this issue. And mm-hmm. but Sorry, go ahead. So I'm just yeah. proud of our tradition that we have someone that is working solely on this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I remember it was in 2010, and he brought up, um, yeah, so I was, you know, 10 years younger then, and I remember him bringing up the idea of coffee and chocolate, and my ears perked up, and I was like, what about my coffee and my chocolate? <laughs> that you're, Are you going to tell me uh, there's something wrong with it? And so when he brought up that the, the coffee that I drink and the chocolate that I purchase could very well be picked and harvested um, by little kids that are or, or just or, or adults that are working against their will and not getting paid a fair wage um, my ears perked up and I think just what I remember first about that because then I started doing a deep dive into everything and then I was like oh my goodness I just like last night did another deep dive I was like did you know that the food that they feed to the shrimp that they harvest on farms could be made by slaves and I was like oh my gosh I need to now be aware of my shrimp and what they feed the shrimp anyway so what I was gonna say is I just felt so overwhelmed uh, by the amount of information that's what stuck out to me is feeling overwhelmed and actually feeling a a bit uh, helpless um, and hopeless. Um, And so that was one of the first things. I was reading the shrimp industry is actually one of the most brutal industry for slaves, like literal chains to boats. People don't get off boats for years, little kids for decades. It's one of the ones that's coming to light after chocolate and coffee. um, Wow. Seafood industry. So I'm learning that right now. Riddled with it, Mac. Um, we used to do uh, in uh, this ten years ago. We used, we did Freedom Sunday, and I just remember one of the stats that really made me really sad is uh, sometimes <laughs> I get pretty uh, Amerocentric. I think of just America, and I think about what we're struggling with because it's like it's too big for me to think about Africa or Asia or whatever. And so I always just thought of like. Modern day slavery, like sex slavery, especially like that's that's like in Thailand and stuff. Like I, there's nothing I can do about that. And then one of the stats that, um, which by the way, there totally is, so it's a bad attitude. Uh, but um, one of the stats that I really remember that really blew my mind was uh, uh, there in the, there was one year where the Super Bowl was in New Orleans, and they f- they had something like seventy thousand uh, under eighteen sex slaves yeah. at Super Bowl weekend yeah. in like hotels or whatever and I just was going wait what yeah in America like that blew my uh, yeah so that was that made me really really sad and kind of stuck with me those big events yep and just the brokenness too to participate in that and that we have people who would hire that or pay for that just really it broke my heart all the way around just awful yeah 
I had a similar story to Aaron when I heard about it a few years ago. And I think the overwhelming part and really drove home for me when she talks about hopelessness, which we're not, we know there's things we can do and are doing, uh, but just feeling totally overwhelmed about how it's in our rubber, it's in our chocolate, it's in our coffee, which I wasn't drinking at the time, but now I do quite a bit. <laughs> right. Um, it's in our clothes. And so it just felt like there was not a it's just there's not a lot of ways to participate in our economy without participating oh it's in our technology right all the stuff that we're using to bring this to you and we're talking on on our phones i mean it's it's just all present in everything i touch regularly i mean clothes and technology food uh it just felt so that's what i think drove home for me was that it just feels overwhelming and it's and right. it's not like uh, it's not easy to avoid i mean you have to be intentional and on purpose i think that was the part that kind of uh, uh, uh drove it home for me my second point is why do we observe this and why are we talking about this uh why are we why is this a sunday devoted to this topic particularly um this is if you don't know a part of our dna this is part of our who we are uh, we belong to a church tradition called free methodism Free Methodism has five traditional frees uh, that are associated with who we are, a part of our DNA. One is freedom for the poor to equally participate in church. There was a time when they had to sit or stand in the back. They weren't allowed to sit down because seats were rented. And so we wanted to get away from that system. We wanted freedom of worship because there was a lot of traditionalism. And so in church, you know, sits down, stands up, say this, this, when, when I say this, you do this. So we wanted a little more freedom in worship. Uh, we wanted freedom for women to explore their God calling at any level of leadership. So we do uh, promote and that as part of our church. Um, we wanted freedom for the people to have equal decision-making abilities in the church as, as pastors. This isn't a dictatorship at, at our church. Uh, everyone has that. And the last free was we wanted freedom for enslaved people. Our tradition begins in 1860, about five years before the Civil War. We took a stance against uh, the larger tradition that we were part of, Methodism, and said, you need to outlaw slavery in your church. And they didn't want to. They didn't want to make people mad. They had too many members north and south of the Mason-Dixon line, too many members that owned slaves. And so we said, well, you need to do that. And they said, if you keep pushing that, we're going to kick you out. They kicked us out over this issue of slavery uh, because we demanded that people who were a part of our churches not be people who owned slaves. And I know that now, uh, in 2020, it, that's a very popular stance. I think we all agree that slavery is right bad. Right side of history on that one. But in 1860, it was completely legal to own human beings, and yet our church said, you cannot be a member of our church if you own another human being, which I always find astounding because that, what a, such a countercultural move. Most churches are trying to grow. They'll do anything to grow, really. And yet we were like, you can't be a part of this. You don't get to come blew my mind, right? And this is how our, our movement is birthed. And so we uh, took on the name free because we wanted that to be a part of our DNA, that we wanted people to be free to explore their God-given calling. And that meant people who were oppressed and enslaved were also free. And we continue that abolition work today. We started as an abolition movement to abolish slavery, and we continue that today. Here's one of my favorite pictures of all time. I'm going to blow that up for you uh, so you can see. One of our churches, pre-civil rights, Shreveport, Louisiana. We have a young woman here standing in front of a sign, and it says Free Methodist Church, and it says, everybody welcome. Like, that is our DNA. That so is cute. what we want to promote even now, uh, but especially then, it was such a big part of what's going on in our life. Continues on today. Um, 
This is who we've been talking about. This is Kevin Austin. He's the missionary in our church that is working on this issue. He runs the Set Free Movement, which is the one that has come up with this idea of Freedom Sunday. Worthy of your support and prayers for sure. Um, and it's just a huge part of our, of our denomination. He has nearly 50 groups all around the globe that are dedicated to just this issue. Working through churches, faith-based communities to address the issues that we're talking about today. Um, why does justice matter to the church? Here is another video, and we're going to do our best to work through the technology issues. But take a look. This is why this issue and how this issue is a part of our DNA. Bear with us. I'm convinced the church today should long and should work for justice to be done in the world. There are so many broken hearts, broken families, and broken systems because of injustice that's happened in this world. God's kingdom is comprehensive. And it is to invade this planet with justice and light and uh, redemption. And it's a wholesale redemption. The concepts of righteousness and justice in the Bible, Old Testament and New alike, are virtually synonymous. And so a people who embrace Christ-likeness and obedience to God as a lifestyle, a holiness people, must embrace justice. Free Methodists are grieved as God is grieved over the tens of millions of people who have become slaves because of human trafficking. Well, at the very core of this issue lies the fact that it is a desecration of the very image of God, and that should matter a great deal to us. Anytime a woman, a man, a child is seen only as a means to that end, we have taken God's created ones and we've removed from them everything that is sacred. We've stripped them of hope and we've emptied the cross of Christ of its power and purpose. Jesus said about himself, citing the prophecy of Isaiah, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, release or freedom for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind, relief and release for the oppressed, and the good and gracious favor of God over the land. And so while Americans don't see visibly slavery all around us in terrible, insidious ways, many of us, perhaps most of us, benefit from it economically. There are many people in our congregations who want to do something about trafficking, but they don't know what to do. So to be involved in Freedom Sunday and to connect with Set Free gives people a way to become aware and to begin to start taking steps as they start also helping fighting trafficking. We are glad to be a part of a movement like the Set Free Movement. We are happy. We are we are enthusiastic about participating in a Freedom Sunday where we remember our roots, where we delight in the freedom that Christ has given to us, and where we explore ways in which we can join together to participate in God's ongoing effort to set every captive free. I celebrate Freedom Sunday because the very act of biblical worship is grounded in justice, grounded in freedom. 
Let's celebrate Freedom Sunday. Let's make a difference. Thanks for watching that with us and hearing about why this is important to uh, our tradition as, as part of our DNA, as the, the people that we are called to be, not only uh, as, as our tradition, which I know not everyone identifies with, but certainly biblically, this is a huge part of what it means to be a Christian. I mean, as the Bishop Kendall just said there, Jesus's first sermon is him standing up in his hometown synagogue in Luke chapter four and proclaiming that this is the year of the Lord's favor that the Spirit was upon him to bring good news to the poor and set the captives free to heal the blind and open the ears of those who cannot hear. But part of Jesus' um, the way that he defined his mission, his mission statement to the world, was part of that was the release of those who are held captive, who are enslaved, who are struggling, who are on the margins. This is part of Jesus' good news. Abolition of slavery in protecting the most vulnerable among us is part of who we are. It's part of our DNA as Christians with a biblical mandate, and it's part of our story as people who have always done this. I mean, this is the birth story of, of who we are. Question for y'all. A little bit harder of a question. Uh, how does our tradition story inform what you're doing today in regards to ministry in this community? Uh, inform your call, inform your mission. Uh, big question, uh, but as soon as you get anything, sweet free Methodism. Yeah, sure. How does that story well, inform what you're doing? It's influenced me a ton. Yeah. Um, I, you know, grew up at Foothill Church. Obviously, grew up in Free Methodist Church. Um, but when I started really learning about the history and what our whole thing is based on, man, it made me really, uh, really identify with that. And it made me look at the national leadership. Um, and we have amazing national leaders. Um, one of the biggest things that I really appreciated uh, from uh, B.T. Roberts, who, you know, uh, started our tradition and... <laughs> He uh, he was a big proponent of women in leadership, yeah. and he he even got pushed back for years and years and years and years from our own denomination that yeah. he started yeah. on this issue. And it wasn't for many years that there were even women pastors. Um, but from the very start, he had a vision yeah. for the future. And man, was he on the right side of history in that? And so um, I find myself trying to vote for women uh, in leadership and trying to have women in leadership in the, in the community because they have amazing voices and, yeah. you know, it's, you know, tired of dudes sometimes, <laughs> you know? And so uh, that's really influenced uh, me and that's just one of the ways. Thank you. Anybody else feeling like they want to take a stab at this? I have no idea if this is going to go <laughs> along with what <laughs> you're asking or not, but I think for me, uh, I think free Methodism uh well, FCC was where I was at first here. Now I'm here at the table. But ultimately, just the denomination in general, I just felt at home. I, I felt I could find a place and call it my home, I yeah. guess. Um, and that I, I do belong here. Uh, I belong here as a woman. And I belong here um, as a Native American woman. And that's big to me, uh, that there's a space to grow and my voice is heard. Um, 
sometimes not as clearly as I wish it would, but that there's still a platform. And I, I touched on this a little bit uh, last week of sitting in, the, of being in that liminal space and I can, and, and that I can be here um, and I'm welcome here. So I don't know if that touches on what you meant, but I love it. Uh, yeah. I think mm -hmm. it touches on it perfectly. Thank you. Well, uh, can I get preachy here? <laughs> nervous um do. i think okay so what i love about the free methodist stance um and just anyway okay my words are going to come out um i think just the con what it says to me is just the consistency of our the value of human life mm -hmm. and so i mean that's that's when we're talking about freedom and when we're talking about the value you know um freeing those who are enslaved it's it's because we value their lives and it's not it's you know from womb to tomb it's it's consistent and so i love that um but also calling out uh christians a little bit uh or a lot of it i mean we have blind spots um even in our free methodist denomination um there's lot uh there's there's spots here i mean i was just convicted james and i last uh december went down to san diego uh for a conference and we went to one of the missions down there and to see the people that were um just to read about the history of how missions came to be and how christians in the name of jesus slaughtered and enslaved native americans um it was just super eye-opening to me and how we still have a lot of work to do and a lot of um repentance repentance absolutely um, so that's what I really appreciate about our denomination. Um, yeah. Piggybacking on that is what I also appreciate. I appreciate the origin story, right? If you know a good comic book, you know that the origin story is vital um, for superheroes. I'm not saying that I, we're our superheroes, but that, that opening story, it really defines who you are. And um, I love that we were birthed out of the abolition movement. There are, there are, church traditions and denominations that are birthed out of the opposite. They were formed to protect right. the institution of slavery. The largest denomination in America, I won't name names, was was right. was invented, concocted, came up with to protect the institution of slavery right. in America. And they're still continuing to struggle with that racial uh, racialization in their own communities even to this day mm -hmm. because their origin story is so horrible. And so I just love that about us. But ultimately, one of the core values of the table that gets manifested from those early years is back to this uh, picture for me. This is just a core value at the table. Everybody, everybody, everybody is welcome. And whoever you think shouldn't be welcome, they're also welcome because we welcome you too. And so that is just something that comes from those early stages and manifests itself in our community today. Yeah. And it's harder. It's harder to have a table with all kinds of different voices and all kinds of different people. Yeah. Um, I want to kick Matt out. Like I know. Every I don't blame day. you. <laughs> just it's hard when you're listening to somebody <laughs> but write it is all the time. Hard. So much. No, I'm just kidding. It is hard. Um, but it, it is, makes it harder. It's, I, I've even dreamt about the times that you know I knew of churches that everybody thought the same thing, and the pastor said anything that he wanted, and everybody agreed totally. And I go, man, yeah, that would be easier. But, man, is that just less rich? and less full of a Christian walk and experience Absolutely. and less learning compassion and less, uh, 
Yeah, I that's just, what they teach so you. I'm in, glad that we in church have. growth movement. That's what they teach you is find a group that is all the same, a homogenous yep. group, and you can. It's easier to build a church there because there's yep. less friction, but it is also less reflective of the kingdom. Absolutely. Uh, what can we do? So we've told you about this problem. We've told you why it's important to us, but I, I don't want you to leave feeling hopeless. There's a lot of things we can do. Uh, it was in this spot that I was going to talk about where slavery is, is most prevalent. We talked about that. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you that if you're if we're eating Hershey's chocolate, it, you're pretty much are eating slave chocolate. If you're eating just regular old coffee uh, that you can just any kind of the, one of those big brand names, you're you're eating coffee, drinking eating, you're e- drinking coffee. Um, <laughs> From people that uh, enslaved people uh, that have that have you I've been to some of the coffee farms in Guatemala. They call them fincas. And and what they do is adults go through that are underpaid and and oftentimes forced to work there. And then there are coffee berries in the bushes that adults can't get to. There's too many prickly stickers. And so then they that's the second passes the children. Right. The, the, The enslaved children that have to go through to get the last coffee berries. Like so if you're if you're if you're wearing. I mean, you got to check your clothes. It's hard to do with like tires. Diamonds and jewelry. Diamonds. Oh, I think I do have some stuff here. So uh, here is 20 ways you can help fight human trafficking. That link is in the description. Um, I I just, it's great. This comes from our government. The State Department uh, talks about 20 ways that you can help fight human trafficking. Uh, It lists some here. Yeah. And then we have this document here. Um, which I'm going to hand out to the crew because this is our final question. Um, Twelve ways, this comes from the Set Free Movement, that you can do something to help with this movement. Uh, Most common items that use slavery, uh, chocolate, like we said, coffee, clothes, technology. And there's just not a lot of ways to get past that except whatever technology you have, use it to its fullest. Don't be one of those people that are getting a new something every other week, you know. Mm -hmm. Palm oil is in almost everything. If you have something in your pantry that is boxed or bagged you need to be careful huh. of is it like a preservative or palm oil yeah and it huh. keeps things mushy and nice and soft diamonds is a huge one um with stuff stuff and the reason we bring these up is because it's stuff that we honestly could probably do without they're luxuries we don't want to do without them i mean you need clothes please wear clothes uh but uh, they're often things that we that, that are not needs there's stuff that we want, but are also the biggest uh, producers uh, of slave items. And so we bring them up because because they're luxury. We, these are things that we should be thinking a little bit harder about. Yeah. So here's my question for you. Based on this image, which I'm going to pull up for everyone. Um, what are one or two suggestions that you have for people to help fight human trafficking? Maybe locally, maybe abroad, something that sticks out to you, or maybe something not on here. But let me throw that up on the screen as you guys think for a second. It's this image. Um, we can put that in our group as well. Here's 12 things you can do. And whenever you come up with something, jump on it. If you have something on here, that'd be great. If you something off of it, go for it. Aaron's probably got a mi- million more than I do, but... Um, the couple that I think of are um, finding companies that kind of either sell products in their store or that minded way. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I think of, well, I, they're not perfect, but they have products. I think, you know, I get, we get fair trade coffee from uh, Costco sometimes. We have some Camino Island from our friend Miranda. And uh, Trader Joe's has some, some good. Um, so 
I think just where you shop. And then the other thing that really stuck with me with what you just said, James, was just like wear it out. Like there's another there's another element of just like reuse that thing, fix that thing. Like I'm a big proponent of fixing your technology. And like if you've got to buy a computer, like upgrade it instead of buying new ones and then getting your clothes from the Goodwill. Like I wear my clothes out. <laughs> And so for um, you, Matt, on here, that's six, seven and ten. Right. Buy fair trade shop smartly and ask businesses to boom. carry those items. But yes, absolutely. That is like one of the most things you can do. Best things Bingo. you can do. Who else wants to jump in? Here? Yeah, I think for me, most of it fits on here. But um, the the buying fair trade, I, too, love coffee and I don't want to give it up. But I have been, um, you know, there has been a tug on my heart to do it. Uh, in a better way. And so for, I think it's been about a year, maybe two years now, um, I've been buying from uh, Camino, Camino Island Roasters. I think that's how you say it. Um, and then I love it because it ships straight to my house and I get two packs a month and sometimes I have too much and I get to share it with my friends. Heck yeah. And so it's great. Uh, yeah, but I don't feel bad about um, about drinking the coffee. I know it's sourced well and I know uh, that the, the, the profits and the proceeds go back to support that community. So I love that. Um, but also, as most of you know, uh, youth are on my heart. Always have been, and um, you know I believe that that's a that God put that there. And so for me, um, you know nine, we're doing huh? foster care, yeah. Uh, but it's even a couple steps further for me, and I think it goes into that identifying sign. So I'm very much into uh, learning as much as I possibly can about protecting our children in any way that we can. Uh, so if I can learn those signs of human trafficking, if I can step in and support. Um, the youth. I also work at our juvenile hall uh, on my and my and my other role. Um, so helping to identify uh, when children are at risk or have been there, so we can get them the, the support that they need. That's really important to me as well. And then supporting our local community, um, Chrissy at the Axiom, and all of those kids. Yeah. So I mean, it's just all about. To me, it's all about youth. <laughs> um, but yeah, just letting them know that they're loved uh, and wanted is. Yeah, that's Michael. where it starts. Yeah, you, prevention is the you know what is it? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. There you go. So it means you can do a little bit of prevention; it'll save a lot of problems in the long run for sure. Will someone talk to me about fair trade? What, what that means? I have a link to fair trade in the description if you want to read more about what that means because we're talking about that. But as oh, you're, I was going to share my. Would you like me to share about both? That? Okay. Um, fair trade or direct trade, which is even better, um, sorry, fair trade items mean that they have been um, fairly traded or the people that have harvested your chocolate or your cocoa or your uh, coffee um, have been paid a fair wage um, and possibly their working conditions are better. So if you can't buy fair trade, even if you can buy organic, um, that means that people are not being exposed to all sorts of, uh, you know, yeah. uh, help me. Chemicals. Yeah, pesticides, chemicals, all that. Um, the other so, one is like yeah. shade-grown coffee. It, yeah. it allows the laborers to work under shade canopies instead of the hot mm -hmm. sun. And fair trade is a certification. So y there's a third-party entity that is making sure that people are getting a living fair wage for their community. Yeah. And so going back to what I was, like, the first question, when I feel so overwhelmed with everything, I think for me... The buying fair trade and the shopping smartly, those are the things that I can control 
in my life. So I'm like, well, I can control this. So that's what I'm going to do. And it's coffee and chocolate, the more luxury items. Also, it's not beyond me that fair trade coffee and fair trade chocolate are a bit more expensive <laughs> to purchase. So we end up, you know, we we work it out so that we end up buying less of it. But not everyone can buy, you know, a $20 pack of coffee or a $5 candy bar. It's not everyone can do that. So, I mean, I love that they have all these different options on here that you can do. So just do what you can when you can. Uh, control the controllables in your life, I guess. Great. Matt's got some online situations. Rebecca says you hey can Rebecca. buy Target. Um, at Target, you can buy fair trade jeans. What? That's awesome. Hey. I had no idea. Because I do, I mostly, with clothes, I, m I try to buy secondhand as much as possible to make or organizations that are doing some good stuff. Not Which, always. But by the way, did, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a commercial. Hugh Jackman started a coffee company that he gets 100% of the pro of all the profit yeah. back to farmers, yeah. coffee farmers. Yeah. I don't think they it's sell it online like yet. Happy Cup Laughing or Man or Laughing something. Laughing Man. Well, I'll, I'll do the, uh, as the pastor, I'll, I'll hit some of the other numbers on this document. Obviously, I think prayer is important. Not only does it bend your heart, but it aligns your heart with what God is doing. And I think prayer is effective and makes a difference in the world. Giving, we can always use to give more. Um, and then number eight, which is not something you usually hear a pastor say, but get more political. Uh, politicians usually care, as a politician, I'm on the school board, we usually only care about the stuff that, the people are telling us to care about, right? This is like, right. uh, if our constituents don't care about it, then we're not going to think about it unless we think it's something really important. So speak up about it, talk about it, vote for candidates that are, that are talking about this issue or thinking about globally. Um, and we talk supporting businesses that are doing that type of stuff. Right? I was now just going to touch on, I think maybe the last one that we didn't, yeah. uh, and that was ask businesses. So recently, uh, one of our local coffee shops, uh, was just bought and reopened and I am so excited, yeah. uh, but she, um, the new owner put a, an ask out to everybody in the community. Hey, what would you like to see? What would you like to see? Uh, what do you think, you know, things you want to see on the menu or whatever. And the thing that I said, uh, and there was a lot of other people. So I was super excited about that. I said, please keep the Thanksgiving coffee. Thanksgiving please keep this. Coffee. This is one of the reasons why I, um, why I love to go through your drive through so often. And so I'm hoping they will. I actually haven't confirmed that or not, but, but, I think for the most part, especially local businesses, they want our feedback. They want to know what we want um, in yeah. our community. So don't be afraid uh, to give those suggestions. Yeah. Is that, so that's Good Earth, right? Good and Earth. And then Mugshots also serves a fair trade bland, uh, blend. So that's kind of bland. It's not bland. <laughs> <laughs> fair trade blend. It's very tasty. <laughs> and big companies are working on this too, like Starbucks and other places. Um, Last bit Vote of with your dollars. Last bit of wisdom here is that if you work in like the trucking industry or the hotel hospitality industry and you want further training, please come talk to us because those are big places where trafficking happens and we would help like Miranda said, we, we can help educate you, give you information to read about how to identify signs. Um, would you now, as we head into a time of communion, pray with us. If you have questions though, before we pray, please send them. You can either send them now or send them mm -hmm. later to our email, Facebook. We have began this journey a couple years ago, but by are by no means experts. We can point you in the direction of Kevin Austin or the set free movement. Please like, uh, like their Facebook pages and subscribe to their newsletters. And they will be telling you about all kinds of people who are doing incredible, unique, interesting, helpful ways of combating this. Please pray with us.
Hey, can I do one last little yeah, plug, plug before we? Hey, you also have three more days to get in on the set free run. <laughs> so if you have time and you have energy, uh, or you need to just get outside, I suggest that you get on and uh, yeah, do, do that five k. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this time. Thank you for this word. Thank you for tapping into the heart of a theme that runs all throughout your word, which is that you care for the poor and the marginalized, the oppressed, the widows and the orphans, which you call pure religion is when we look after these vulnerable populations. It is so much a part of our Christian DNA. It is so much a part of our tradition, our faith tradition. Uh, Would you let us continue to be people who work to end modern day slavery? something that is more prevalent now than at any point in history, uh, and it is on our watch. It is happening right before us and largely based on the stuff that we buy. We, we have some culpability in this. We have some guilt in this. So, Father, forgive us for a uh, not knowing. Forgive us for our, our, our guilt in this. Forgive us for the ways that we are complicit in this system and help us to be people and help us to be a church and a community that cares deeply and works towards... Uh, Freedom, freedom for people who need, desperately need an advocate, a voice, someone to come alongside and see and hear their situation and help them. And we will give you praise and thanks. Would you pray with me, beloved, the Lord's Prayer, saying, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread.